Welcome to Drinks with Defenders. I'm Addie B. Plate. And I'm Kayla Murphy. We're two law school friends turned criminal defense attorneys turned podcast hosts. We're here in this space because we now work in separate offices and miss collaborating with each other. We've been talking about creating a podcast for years where we talk about the complexities of the criminal justice system, the aspects of it that we grapple with, and the importance of what we do. At the end of a long work week, we want to sit down, have a drink with each other, and talk about the rabbit holes of criminal defense, just like we always have. So let's get into it. Cheers. Okay, so it's up to you guys. You guys can just kind of do a casual thing. I mean, I guess welcome back to Drinks with Defenders Season 2, baby. Um, A lot has happened. And so this is the unofficial catch-up. What have we not talked about since we've been back away from hanging out? I feel like so much has happened. Um, Kayla, I think I'm going to just like jump on in and steal your thunder. Lots of change in your neck of the woods. Like I think when we left off on season one, you thought you could do firm life and try out the civil side, which by the way, I'm still really proud of you for giving a go, but I'm really happy to hear that that kind of wasn't your shtick because you're back to criminal defense. So um, let's talk about it. I am so, like this this is the news. I'm so excited for you. It's finally happening. Yeah. So I'm embracing the double pivot. I will say that taking a step back from criminal defense for for a minute, I think was good for me to just like have a break and kind of reset a little bit and reevaluate my values and what I want my practice and my life really to look like. I don't really want to get into the specifics behind like why I left that specific firm. But generally speaking, man, yeah, civil life was not for me. The billable hours, like just the, I don't even, the culture, I guess. Not to say that there weren't great people, but it's just like people just value working so many hours, like so much, right? Like, Right. How good of a tr- an attorney you are is like how long you can make yourself sit in a fucking office just being miserable. Banging out stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I really enjoyed learning new stuff. Right. But it's like right. as soon as you kind of got a grasp of one thing, you were thrown another thing and you never really had time to like truly understand, I guess, what was going on. It was just a lot of... Or catch your breath. Yeah. And you and I were talking the other day, too, about how it's like, once you do criminal defense, it's kind of hard to find meaning in other things. 
right? It's, I'm so glad that we're starting on that note because I think it's like important for us to kind of do the rehash of the conversation we had a few days ago, which I think in my mind will go down as like kind of that moment where I realized like not only was I talking to somebody that I'm watching them kind of really go through this transition point, you called it your double pivot, but I, I really felt the other day that we were having the most normal conversation, but it was like, we both were just finally at that point in our lives where we found meeting. Um, and I'm like walking around Target and like just talking to you after my day and we're like on the phone. And we were talking about how crazy just the last few months have been and trying to like catch up with each other in like a small space. And I was asking you how this was going and you know just some of the logistics of you know having your own practice now and i think my exact words were and we kind of said it at the same time like criminal defense is like crack like once you're and like i I mean that in like a sense with a sensitive tone but like kind of like you get a whiff of it and if you're just hooked because nothing else is exciting um for you as i mean for us is how I understood the conversation. Nothing really in the law excites me or I find meaning in because when we were talking about your previous practice in the civil side of things, we both got to this place where we were like, who the fuck cares about a contract? Like who cares about a contract and money and this yeah. corporation that's like kind of lifeless when in now back to the criminal defense side of things, your work is so interesting and exciting and people are complicated and dynamic and it's just this fun albeit very scary practice but it was just cool like we were having that conversation and it was like it felt like it both just like clicked for both of us where I felt like you were finally back to really the girl I knew in law school in terms of like what you wanted to do and hearing that fire relit was so cool. And so I'm just really excited to like, in the months that we've been away from this podcast, you've gone on your journey back to criminal defense. And I'm so excited to hear about what it's like. And you'll have updates, I'm, I'm assuming, going forward, like the, le- the learning experiences now having your own practice that has your name on it like that is a very big deal so um you heard it here first congratulations from um the team of this podcast i'm so happy for you and it is such a big girl moment to like have your own name on your law practice that is big shit and bossy stuff yeah i'm so proud it's of scary, you but it's really we exciting had start, we had to start with that that's the big news totally that's yes. the big news. It's great. I think that having some more autonomy is going to help me kind of manage this stressful job a little bit better than I was able to before. You know, you live and you learn. And at the end of the day, like helping a client who really appreciates it and who you really connect with is just so meaningful. And yeah, and there just wasn't enough humanity for me in the civil world. You know, right. the good, the bad, the ugly, like, I don't there's know. Humanity is fascinating. Than, right. And there's nothing better than really helping someone. Like, 
like truly helping someone and like having it go well, there's, there's nothing better than that. Um, and you know, I think saying that with a grain of salt, like success in the criminal defense side is, I think has to be viewed differently sometimes. But, um, when you have moments where like, for me, wins feel like I got somebody into treatment that they wanted to go to. And that's complicated because I think sometimes getting people into treatment when it interacts with our work is like viewed as an alternative to incarceration. And that's kind of a complicated space to operate in. But if you get somebody to a point that is like a success for their life, that feels like a win. And those are wins that I think you don't have in a system that's just based on monetary gain or you know, some other version of like measurement of wins and losses. I think in criminal defense, when it's like you have a win of like, hey, you got some evidence suppressed, that feels like a giant win because then you get to lay like the stack of the deck in terms of what you do with the case going forward. You kind of took a big bite out of that like prosecutor's case, right? And so just the wins that we have are different. And I just think that there's nothing like the win you have other than being a criminal defense attorney. It's just so big and they feel so huge. And granted, we've talked multiple times on this podcast about how the losses also feel massive, but the wins are are really special. And I'm I'm glad to hear that you're feeling, I think, hopeful again, because I think that like your hope in humanity you were so burnt out and then you took a break and now you're back and it's really amazing to see. So. Oh, thank you so much, my friend. Speaking of, of like, how was, how has your professional journey been these days? Oh, um, so I think the thing that I'm really enjoying now is that I feel like I kind of am understanding how to be an attorney, which is, that sounds weird to say, but I'm understanding like the things that I want to challenge in cases. I'm understanding the types of cases that I like. I'm having some success with my cases. Um, and I'm just enjoying, I'm enjoying it more. I think, um, the person that we all saw or I think that I saw of myself on season one of this podcast was like somebody very overwhelmed as a new public defender. And I'm still am, but I think that that feeling of like, I'm drowning is a little bit less. I'm Um, so happy to hear that. Thank you. And I am too. And it's just like, you know, there's always hard things about this job and I cannot stress enough that public defense is something that needs to be heavily invested into and there needs to be more people that do this work. I'm always going to come back to that conversation with that message, but I'm enjoying it. I really like um, the the wins that I've had have felt really great. The losses that I've had, I feel like I've taken something from it as well. Um, I've had several firsts, like I've done... I did my first trial, but I had a second chair. Then I did my own first solo trial. Both of those resulted in um, wins, I think, from my perspective. Um, And then I had my first motion to suppress last week. Uh, I lost. Um, But 
I'm I'm learning and I have um, another one coming up next week and then another one I set I think it's left that for some time in December. So big hearings that I'm feeling more comfortable tackling and I'm just enjoying trying to enjoy the chaos of it. Yes, it's still very much a scary thing, but yeah, I don't know. I think it's it's cool to see that we both have had these like different transitional periods within the last like seven months. Like you took a very different pivot to kind of come back to I think feeling good about your work and I've just had to like kind of grind it out to then get to a place of feeling a little bit more calm. Um but yeah um that's, that's so amazing. Thank you. That's the I'm work so you. proud of you. I thank you. And I think like I, I I think I mentioned it. I was trying to listen to some of our previous episodes a couple of days ago and I think I might have mentioned it but I, I think something I'm now realizing too is like I'm taking more ownership of like what I want to do as an attorney, like big, big term goals. Like what are things that I want to challenge big picture? And what do I think is like the future of like the law as I want it to be? And how do I get us there? And I don't, I think it's very it'd be very naive of me to think that I can be the person that changes things. But I try to take that mentality at the court now of like, okay, like I'm challenging this because I eventually want to be on the right side of the law one day. And like that has meant Mm -hmm. a lot to me. Um, And so I don't know if you've had those moments yet in your career, but I, I had that moment last week and I was like, whoa, like this is not something that I think I would have realized eight months ago. So, um, and, and the thing that I wanting to challenge or the thing that kind of inspired that was, um, the automobile exception, um, in Idaho, I think is just crazy, um, in terms of the state of the law there currently. And when I was living in Oregon, that had recently changed. And so I think there's some states that are picking up on kind of this new wave of, um, Fourth Amendment protections or like state constitutional protections that protect the same right, but in a different way. And I think Idaho has some problematic case law. And let's um, break that down a little bit for listeners. Please do. Um, Jump jump on in. I just word vomited legalese. Um, No, is it they can't? They don't have to have a warrant to search the automobile in Idaho, or what? Or what's the rule in Idaho? So here, let's let's talk about the issue as I see it in Idaho. So big picture, under the federal constitution, you have a right against unreasonable search and seizures under the Fourth Amendment, right? And then mm-hmm. we know that in most state constitutions, that same right is codified in your state constitution. And it might be, it's typically like greater protections under the state constitution. In Idaho um, and in several states, there's what's, uh, called an automobile exception to the warrant requirement, meaning that law enforcement normally has to have a warrant to search your shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and that that development has happened in several courts, you know, time and time again. And that law is constantly changing state to state and also at the federal level um, based upon like circumstances of, you know, 
exigent circumstances in terms of like an automobile being a movable thing. They're like, okay, because it's something that you could just likely destroy evidence and an automobile is mobile. Um, there became some very interesting cases that allowed police officers to kind of search into a car or an RV or something like that um, without having to have a warrant. In Idaho, the thing that I have come to realize, and I think it's also in some federal cases, but what has become a very contested thing in Idaho is um, that you can search inside a car if the police officer says, or for the sake of the argument, does smell marijuana. And that alone equals probable cause to search. Damn. I don't know how to challenge that correctly yet because it would seem to me that there is then the incentive to say, I smell marijuana. Yeah. I'm search your car. For sure. And do you know how many people are then going to pick up criminal charges because of that? And maybe, you know, maybe they have other stuff in their car. Um, say that somebody who has a gun in their car who doesn't have uh, grounds to own a firearm anymore. Maybe they're a convicted felon. Um, what about any other type of uh, drug paraphernalia? What, you know, contraband of any kind? You were telling me the other day too that like some drug paraphernalia can be charged at like as with a felony level if they can find some like residue in it. What about like carts, like like vaping marijuana? Like cartridges? So that's kind of an interesting thing as well because I typically, people who have like vape cartridges that are THC can get the paraphernalia charge for having the um, actual like pen to inhale it off of, right? Because paraphernalia Mm -hmm. is like anything that can be used to inhale, inject, whatever method of a controlled substance. So you could get the paraphernalia charge and then you could also get the possession of a controlled substance charge, which would be like the actual contents of the cartridge itself. And then depending on what level of substance that is, it could be a misdemeanor offense or a felony offense is my understanding. And um, if people are going to plead to a paraphernalia charge, uh, typically you kind of want to know prior to them pleading to that, what the substances are, if any, on that um, item. So, yeah. Yikes. Idaho has definitely opened my eyes to very much the, the current status in some states about drug offenses, which is, I think, different than, certainly different than Oregon. As we know, Oregon decriminalized possession amounts of uh controlled substances and drugs when I was still living there. Um, And then I moved to Idaho and it's very different. And I would say pretty hard on um, like weed offenses, which I think the national trend is kind of going away from that. But Idaho is still pretty heavy on prosecuting weed offenses. I think you know, to, to the state's credit, depending on the specific facts of the case, you know, I've had success with like not having a client 
have, you know, jail time or stuff like that, but still, um, it's still being prosecuted. And I know that when we've talked about this, it kind of surprised you because Washington's definitely, you know, on the other side of the coin with that one. But yeah, you may remember we had a big case called the Blake, the Blake case or the Blake decision. Basically, the state law used to be that the prosecutor didn't have to prove that the person knowingly possessed the drug. And so the Blake case, basically this chick had a pair of pants on that she was arrested in or or she like, she was incarcerated for whatever reason, not drug related. And they ended up finding a small amount of drugs in her uh, jean jean pocket. And sorry, my dogs. And she said, my friend like thrifted these or something. And she gave them to me a couple of days ago. And I didn't know that the, you know, that the drugs were there and she was convicted. And yeah, the state Supreme Court ended up saying that you can't convict people of, you know, unknowing possession. And so for a long time, we just didn't have people being charged with unlawful possession of a controlled substance, but they've changed the statute now to where they have to prove that they knowingly possessed the drug. And so there's a lot of like going back and trying to get people's sentences vacated for, um, you know, convictions under the previous statute. So, Is it, so it's having it's retroactive application? Yep. That's very cool. Okay. Yeah. Facially unconstitutional, right? I think question mark. Look at it's been a minute. Look at our, look at our, <laughs> look at our little con laws giving like one oh. PTSD. Somehow we've Seriously. already ended up there again. Uh, in our oh, first my episode. Um, oh my god! Yeah. So speaking of, basically, we're just saying what's up. We're back for season two. Let's talk a little bit about like what season two is going to look like compared to season one. Addie, you and I, and Clark, if you want to jump in. Hi. Hey, yes, this hey. is Clark. You guys, have, you guys know Clark. He's going to be um, more of a personality on the pod going forward. <laughs> we, kind of, we need uh, some balance. Right? A non-lawyer to, to help bring yes. some sense to the conversation. And we're also missing a very like important person who was with us for season one and I think that we might have to have her back at some point. But our beloved law clerk instead of law Clark um, is um, going to be less of a personality on this podcast. Although I hope we see some of her. So if you uh, remember KP from season one, um, hopefully we can have her come and have a drink with us at some point. But for now, it's the three of us, the the little trio. So. Um, Clark hopefully can come in and tell Kayla and I when shit we're saying doesn't make any sense. Um, <laughs> I'll try. <please>. <laughs> what is everyone drinking? I'm drinking water tonight. <laughs> I didn't oh. even think about making a drink for tonight's episode. That's okay. I'm having emergency to be fully honest with you. I have been feeling a little bit sick because mm. um, it's just the weather change. Um, in Northern Idaho. And I feel like when it kind of gets cold, I get sick and I can't afford to lose my voice because that mm. is a huge part of the gig. 
Yeah. Um, and I went out admittedly with some of my coworkers Friday night um, and stayed out way later than I have in months. <laughs> I haven't Look at you. I have not recovered. So I forgot that criminal defense attorneys are fun and I mm. overcommitted. And I've been tired for two days in a row now. What about you, Kayla? What are you drinking? Oh, my God. We're getting old. Two We're days. so old. Girl. <sighs> oh, it's brutal. Yeah. So please rally for the group and tell us that you're actually drinking something fun. Yes. I was going to do my truly lemonade, but I'm like, Kayla, you really need to change it up for the sake of the pod. It's just ridiculous. <laughs> so I got some hazy strawberry hard cider. Ooh. It's good. The Titan. Yes. Ooh, Highly pretty, recommend. It's a pretty can. Right? It's great packaging. Aesthetically pleasing. Thank you. What would you rate it? I'm going to say a seven. Okay. It's like a C. I mean, it's not, it's not like changing my life, but I'm enjoying it, right? It's okay. fine. Um, but you know what has been changing my life is Boulder's Gate 3. Is that a video game? Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what, what is Clark, this? do you know? You don't know about Boulder's Gate 3? I'm not a gamer. Like, I know I'm a huge nerd, but like, I never got into gaming um, past like N64. I respect that. I respect our differences. (laughs) But if you ever want to give it a try, like, historically, Skyrim has been my favorite game, right? Are you familiar with Skyrim? Have you like seen it? It's very popular. It's a new video game from that same creator that also just came out. Yes. It's based in space, and so it's not my favorite, but Micah loves okay. it. Okay. What is this great game that you were just talking about? The game that when we were on the phone the other day, you like had to get off the phone so you could go game? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, it's been honestly... It's very serious. <laughs> oh Are my your God. computers set up next to each other? Are you that couple? I have a, I'm, I'm playing this on the PlayStation 5. Oh, okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I didn't know if it was like computer gamer with like the towers and like the big monitor or if it was like T, you know, PS console. Yeah. Thing. I'm wondering if I need to get into the computer situation because I hear that's how you can do mods. Mm. Yeah. You know, like anyway, I, yeah. I'm, I'm just barely understanding this myself. But Boulder's Gate is amazing. Um, there's so much like customization that you can do. And the story is just so detailed and all of your decisions matter. And you can be evil and like massacre people or you can be, you there know, like is. a hero. No, there's I'm trying to I like, know. listen, mm-hmm. uh, my, <laughs> my character is a charlatan warlock. She's complicated. Okay. Uh-huh. She does her best, but like she'll make a deal with the devil every now and then, you know? Anyway, um, besides that, (laughs) (laughs) um, what about you, Addie? Have you been into like any shows or what have you, what are you doing? So I am trying this thing where I'm trying to have balance in my life. Um, and also, you know, I, I don't know if I, I think I have talked about it on here before, but I have ADHD and I have the, I have the inattentive type. 
And it's very difficult for me to um, enjoy sitting and watching shows or like movies for a long period of time. But I have recently found that if I have a few different shows that I like at kind of the same time, I can just rotate back and forth between them. Mm -hmm. So I have kind of an interesting rotation at the moment. I finally started Ted Lasso. Um, It is so good. Um, It is the most wholesome show I've ever, ever watched other than maybe Schitt's Creek. It kind of has that same like cozy, great character development and everyone is just, it's a good show after like a long day where you want to cry because it just feels comforting. So that's probably my comfort show at the moment because it's just wholesome and and also very funny. Um, But the characters are just really, I think, well-written and funny. And I also played soccer forever. So I love that it's about soccer. But anyways, um, so that's my comfort show. I'm finally watching Scandal. um, And I don't really know how to feel other than Terry Washington is a goddess. So I'm really enjoying the character that is Olivia Pope because she's messy and she's just a fixer. And I, I really just, she's a lot of goals. So I'm enjoying finally understanding who Olivia Pope is. And then I'm also watching The Golden Bachelor, <laughs> but it's about to be over. So I don't really know what to do with that. Oh um, my God. Is Tell that like more. the like, elderly one? Uh, like, yes. Okay. Yeah, that's great. what golden means. Yes, and it's great. Yeah. And the reason why it's so great is that I think when all of the other Bachelor seasons, including Bachelor in Paradise, the other contestants can be so petty and catty with each other, and I've I've always found that to be such a turnoff with that franchise. But in the Golden Bachelor, there was a little bit of drama between two women at one point during the season, but for the most part like everyone's more mature it's healing a part of i think my femininity femininity why can't i say that word you know what i mean because it's like other women are being nice to another woman and they're all dating the same guy and i was like i've never seen this before where all of the other women are nice to each other and they're like (laughs) like concerned about each other's relationships and it's just and they were all so sweet to each other and so I think would highly recommend. Um, I I was watching it and that was kind of my take. I was like, not only is the main like guy seem awesome, um, and I and I feel so bad for him because I think his like wife died, but uh, all of the women, I'm like, wow, like the world is healing when women are now being nice to each other and they're all dating the same guys. Like in the year of the Barbie movie, the world is healing. And so I was like. Yay. That was a win. So that's what I'm watching. I'm also trying to be better about reading, but admittedly that's not going super well. Um, yeah. You would love what about to use memoir. I've been meaning to read it. Um, I know it's going to make me really mad though. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Justin Timberlake, dude. Whoa. <laughs> Hot take. Oh my God. Read Brittany's book. You'll feel the same way. <laughs> yeah. This is a Britney, Britney Spears I mean, if you don't want to read the whole book, you could also listen to Celebrity Memoir Book Club. They covered it. Mm. Um, Is that a podcast? Mm -hmm. Cool. Um, Did you listen to the audiobook? I did. Who narrated it? Let me double check. 
Because I can't remember who it was. Um, but I also think it was some other celebrity. Which I thought it was interesting that she didn't narrate herself. And so I know that there's been some conspiracy surrounding that. But we don't have She read the introduction. Okay. Okay. That's better. I know there's been some conspiracy on on that. But. <laughs> I've seen that. <laughs> um, Michelle Williams narrated okay. it. Okay. Clark, what about you? What's new? What are you into these days? I am currently working on an EP with my band. So the last two days, we've been recording drums and we got it knocked out in two days. So that was cool. It's Why didn't we lead with that? I mean, I'm not cool. I'm not... <laughs> it, an EP is like... a. I don't know exactly what it stands for. I feel Typically, like I... yeah. So you have an LP and an EP. EPs typically are five songs and they're called extended plays. So they usually have like four to six songs and the playtime is about 20 minutes. Whereas an LP stands for long play. That's where you have like full length albums with 10 to 12 songs. Where like another tidbit is like the reason even a EP, the smaller one is called extended is because back in the day, whenever they made vinyl, they used to make just like these really small vinyls with just one song on it. So to get an extended play with five songs on it was like a huge deal, you know, when that came out. Um, So we're doing an EP, we're doing five songs. And it's with my band spoken in tongues. Like I'm really proud of it because some of the songs just kind of hit with where I am in my life right now. And even today when I was playing one of the songs on drums, like it was hard to not listen to the words and like feel what my lead singer is talking about while I'm like just focusing on like beating the shit out of my drums. So, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I I also think EPs and maybe this is from somebody not in the music world, but mm-hmm. I think EPs also have this lore of being kind of like experimental projects and they're kind of like sometimes they're kind they can be. And so I yeah. feel like EPs and usually people get like jazzed about EPs because it's kind of like a they're project. Special. Yeah. Yeah. And so um they have this kind of like I know other like big artists who have an EP, it has kind of this like big craze around it for people that are into the band. It's like, oh, they did an EP yeah. and it's like a thing. Yeah. So um Yeah, well like we have three full lengths out, so like full albums, but this time around we we're like, you know what, let's like do three EPs and split up the like, you know, do 15 songs that split them up over three. Um so we're doing one full of original music right now. That'll be out in the next couple of months. Um we're also doing a music video for the first time. So I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, what? Yeah. yeah. Like, oh my god, I need more details. Yeah. Well <laughs> you have like a theme like uh, yeah, well, it's that. it's just going to be a live performance, like you oh, know, just cool. us in our like studio rocking out, and then uh, we're doing a covers one, and all of the artists that we're covering are female artists, like whether they're all female bands or female singers, and then we're doing a thirty p that'll be out in the springtime that'll be original music again. That's super cool. Oh, awesome. yeah. congratulations, yeah. Clark! I hope you're proud of yourself. Thank you. And also, we're like all from the generation of music videos. 
so Kayla, your just reaction was so <laughs> like pure. Yeah. I remember like coming home from school and there'd be, you know, the VH1 like hot 100 on or whatever, or yeah. like the top 20 countdown. Um, and well, for I, me, uh, it's like I, uh, all the music I like, I remember the music video too when I was a kid. Totally. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Totally. That's so cool. I'll keep you guys updated as it comes along. That is so fun. I am so... That was like a grounding moment of like... I love the creative energy that just Clark brings to the podcast. And like... Absolutely. Because we were talking about that too. That something I love about our jobs, Kayla, I think is that we are the creative people in the legal world. Like being a criminal Whoa. defense attorney, you are the creative. Yeah. Because you're constantly looking at the law and being like... Yes, but no, <laughs> or yes, here, but not here. And then you're kind of also telling an alternative story, right? So, and your version of your case, right? Which is, it, crea- it requires this type of creative that I think, when I think about like prosecution, it's very rigid and it's very like, there's no creativity from my point of view in in that side of the law. And I don't think there's a lot of creativity other than maybe people who practice like intellectual property or something like that. I really think that we're kind of the creatives. And Mm -hmm. so I just like thrive listening to other people who are creative in other spaces because it kind of gets this like, it's just this energy that I don't think is like everywhere else in the law, but it exists in, I, I think in my office, like all of my attorneys when they're talking about their cases and they're talking about what they're trying to accomplish, like, it's a very creative environment, but of like legal minds. And so then being around other creatives from like different backgrounds, it's just the same. Like it's so, in, it just gets like me so amped. I'm like, Ooh, like I love hearing people, their projects. And so I'm glad that we have you to tell us about these projects that are going on because it's just <laughs> that like, we need some of that energy. It's just so healthy to be around that. Um, and I think I feel bad for people who work in, uh, spaces where they don't have that. And I feel like, I don't know, Kayla, if you have a different take, please jump in. But I, I feel very constantly like I'm having to push to be creative in, in my job. And I, and that's something I really enjoy. Yeah. That's one of my favorite things about criminal defense too, for sure. Yeah. We've talked about it several times that you are just like an avid reader. And I was wondering if you have felt like your love for good literature is helpful in your, probably helpful with your legal writing. That would make sense to me mm. because you probably want to write in a way that is good to read, not just writing like stuffy as an attorney, but you probably want to write well and easy to read, but also probably helps with just some of your storytelling. And I was wondering if you thought that about yourself because you're probably one of the most well-read people I've ever met. I'm very flattered by that. And I don't know about that, but thank you. Um, You know, I read a lot of memoirs and I think like it's really just nourished my, my love and my fascination with humanity and with trying to like understand people and just seeing like, you know, how we're just all a combination of good and evil, right? Like there's always reasons why people do what they do. Well, 
Well, and that's so interesting because memoirs are usually people telling their own story. Mm. And in our work, it's like us telling other people's story for them. And so I'm curious as if you think like the reading people's stories would give that some thought because I bet that that's something that has probably shaped some of your practice more than you realize because you do read a lot of memoirs. You're, you're always reading. Um, I think anytime there's been any sort of celebrity in the last five years that's put out a book about their life, you've been the first person to read it. And you'll oh tell my me God. whether it's good or not. Julia <laughs> Fox's memoir. I had met, yeah, that one too. Oh my God. I, ugh, I don't know if it's going to be like a hot take, but I might've liked that memoir more than Britney's. Really? Julia Fox has lived such an interesting life. Um, like with drug addiction, like she was a dominatrix. I think I knew that. Yeah, fascinating. She's a fascinating character. And and she didn't write about Kanye in her memoir at all, did she? She did. She didn't oh, name she him did. though. Okay. Because I know that was like a point of contention as well. What are you obsessed with these days, Clark? What am I obsessed like, with? Like like any like uh shows you're into, albums, podcasts. Yes. So the new Blink-182 album is amazing, emotional, like very, very good. It's a big deal because one of the lead singers, Tom DeLonge, came back to the band. And it's their first album with him back in the band. I've also been watching Righteous Gemstones with a friend. Oh, hell yeah. So good. You would love it, Abby. It's very feel good. It's a comedy on HBO Max that Danny McBride stars in. And he is the... Like in a family that leads a mega church, like a charismatic Pentecostal mega church, like health and wealth oh. type thing. And oh. it's just fucking hilarious. Like it's they just so funny. Yeah. Like they're like charlatans. I thought, like, yes. And I thought <laughs> that I shouldn't watch it because I was like, oh, this might be triggering with my religious background. But you know, like I started watching, and I was like, this is actually great for my it's like, like therapeutic, <laughs> yeah. right? It's fucking funny. Yeah. Love it. You would really like it, Addie. Oh, I um, thought I would. Okay. Okay. So, yeah. Welcome back, you guys. Season two. We're going to try to be a little bit more candid, I think. Mm-hmm. A little less rigid. I don't know. Scripted. What's the word, Addy? Like, just talking a little bit more about, like, our daily lives. I'm going to pivot to, I think... Season one was a learning experience of just kind of learning how to do a podcast. And I feel like we had this expectation of just like how we wanted to present and like, that's just not what we want to do. And so I think that season two will be more just like us trying to just have regular conversations and also just like chat with people that, you know, we like to share space with and just have weird conversations like what we just had, but also have less, feeling like we have to put on a performance and just come on and actually talk about what we want to talk about um, without feeling like we have to impress anybody or try so hard because I think we wanted it to be good um, to the point where it just felt very forced. So I hope that season two, we feel a little bit more like we can just come on and just shoot the shit because that's what we want to do at the end of the day. Like come and talk about what we think is fun in the law, but also just come in and talk with a group of people that we we all love each other so just come in and hang out so is that i think that's what you were trying to say yeah i did, well said. I did it in the most long way but yeah just less forced and more just hang out have a drink with two people who like to talk about the law and whatever else comes to mind 
three people. Clark, I counted you out. That was very rude of me. Yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Any closing <laughs> thoughts, Clark? Me? No, I'm super stoked. Like, you know, we had like, I don't know, um, it felt like summer break, but longer because here we are in November of 2023 and about to end the, the year. And very excited to see what you guys talk about and what you bring to the table and what happens. What about you, Kayla? Any, any closing thoughts? Um, no, I think you summed it up well. So, yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. And uh, cheers. 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 Thank you.